Good to be back with you again and eager to worship God and study another portion of His Word. Over the course of time, there have been many preachers that have come and gone. Some that you probably remember very well, some that you know now, and perhaps some that you may get to know later on. And yet there is one central message that all should preach, simply the gospel of Jesus Christ. But as Paul points out here in Galatians chapter 1, there's those that are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ, he says, to a different gospel. But really, there is not a different gospel, there is not another, but there's some that want to pervert the one true gospel. It happened during the time in which Paul was writing this letter, and that perhaps still even happens today. And so we have a warning about these things. We have to be very familiar with the one true gospel. Well, what about Paul? How was he familiar with the one true gospel? Well, he tells us there in verse 11 of Galatians chapter 1. He says, But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. But it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. When you think back in the life of the Apostle Paul, you find exactly how he came to know Christ. In the book of Acts in chapter 7, we find a young man by the name of Stephen was proclaiming the gospel. And there were those that were listening to him and closing their ears. They began to cast stones at him as they gnashed at him with their teeth. They did not like the message. And so they wanted to take it out on the messenger. Well, there was a young man named Saul who stood by stone, Stephen, laid down their coats at his feet. We find then, beginning in Acts chapter 8, that Saul made great havoc of the church, and he persecuted a great number of Christians. And then in Acts chapter 9, things begin to change. The same Saul of Tarsus was on his way to persecute yet even more, was blinded by a great light from heaven. The voice that asked him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he realized that he was not doing what the Lord wanted him to do. And it wouldn't be very long until Ananias would come to him and tell him the things that he must do. Well, later he began to be known as the Apostle Paul. And he began to preach the very gospel that he had received from the revelation of Jesus Christ. The things that happened in his life caused a great change in him. And thus he wanted to share the same good news with others he came in contact with. Just what is that good news? What was the powerful message that he had heard and he wanted to share? 
Well, he tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He tells us very clear how plain and simple the gospel of Christ is. He says, beginning in verse 1 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. Yes, the good news is that Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, did indeed live a sinless life. He died on the cross shedding his sinless blood for our sins. But that's not the end of the message. As he died, he was all... And according to the scriptures, yes, the third day, indeed, he rose again. What if Christ had not died? Well, there wouldn't be a need for him to be buried. And if Christ had not been buried, he would not have risen again. And if Christ did not rise again, there would not be any hope for you, nor would there be hope for me. But because Jesus did die, because he was buried, and that he did rise again, we all have hope of eternal life. And that is something that I would want to know about. That is something that I would want everybody else to know about. That is the message that Paul wanted to preach. You see, the power is not in the preacher. The power is in the message. And that's what Paul made it very clear to the Romans. He told them in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God into salvation. For everyone who believes for the Jew first and also to the Greek. Just as he told those in Corinth the gospel in which you have received and in which you stand by which also you are saved, if you hold fast that word which I preach to you. Paul preached the power of the gospel. And as people begin to hear who a Savior had done these things for us, they realize that, yes, there must be something I should do for him. And in order to find out what I must do for him or simply have to go to his word. I have to take it in its simplicity. I have to take it as what it is. The scriptures often teach us that we must not add to nor take away from the things that were written in this book. And yet, do you recall what Paul said to those in Galatia? In Galatians chapter 1, 
verses 6 and 7. He said there's some that are turning to a different gospel. One that is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. There are some that do not teach gospel in its simplicity. There are those that still pervert it. Those that add to. Those that take away. And yet, they all must preach the very simple message. The simple truth that God has given us from the beginning. You know we have many records of those that have done just that. And who better to start with the one that preached the first gospel sermon. We go to the book of Acts in chapter 2. We go to the time on Pentecost where there were thousands of people that were gathered together. And as the early chapter begins, we tell that there were the apostles gathered together, being filled with the Holy Spirit, beginning to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance, according to verse 4. And we find that as they were speaking, many were amazed that they could hear each in the language in which he was born. And thus the gospel could be preached and it could be heard. It could be understood. And as Peter begins his discourse, he begins to get the people's attention. But I'd like for us to pick up beginning in verse 29 of what Peter had to say. In Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 29, Peter says these words, Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with the note to him that of the fruit of his body according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, by which we are all witnesses. Therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. For David did not ascend into the heavens, but he says himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has raised this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Christ. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Imagine what was going on in the people's minds. What would be going on in their hearts? After all, there were many that began to shout, Crucify Him! Crucify Him! And Jesus was crucified on the cross. But we know that's not the end of the story. Jesus not only died, but was buried and rose again they would know that the very tomb in which he was buried is empty. And as Peter begins preaching to them, 
He reminds them of the things that were spoken before, even by the prophets. The one that told about the coming of Jesus. And how David said things concerning him. How Jesus was going to be raised up and to sit on his throne. He said in verse 31, for seeing this, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Well, the people certainly cannot deny that the tomb was empty, that the very one they had crucified is no longer there. He said in verse 32, This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. They knew what they had done. They begin to learn more about Jesus as he is the Christ, the Son of God. And as Peter began to inflict in them this image in their hearts and their minds that they had crucified the one that God has made, both Lord and Christ, we find their response. Verse 37 tells us that they were cut to the heart, that they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? You could see the power of the gospel as they were told to repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins that they would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And certainly many did just that. A few verses later we're told that that same day about 3,000 souls were added unto them. And we're told that the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Just as he did so then, he can do so even now. But they're not the only ones. Us about how those that received the word went everywhere preaching the word. And the number of disciples began to grow because they heard the same gospel. They believed it. And they obeyed it. But we come especially to Acts, the 8th chapter. You'll recall that in Acts chapter 8, there was a man from Ethiopia, a eunuch who was riding in his chariot, one who was reading from the book Isaiah. But you recall that he struggled to understand what he read. And so the Spirit told Philip in verse 29, Go near and overtake this chariot. And Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come and to sit with him. Now the stage is set. Philip begins to go to the Ethiopian unit. The opportunity is given And he takes advantage of it to preach the gospel to the Ethiopian. In verse 32, we're told that the place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shear is silent, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And he will declare his generation for his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this? 
of himself or some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. He did not preach anything else. He did not preach anyone else. But he simply preached Jesus to him. You see, Isaiah was telling us about Jesus. He was telling us about the time in which he would be led to the cross. The time he would sacrifice his body for ours. The time that he would shed his sinless blood for our sins. The Ethiopian eunuch did not understand this. And so Philip had the opportunity and took advantage to begin at the very place. To help him understand what was going to take place concerning his And what kind of an impact that that would have upon him. That it would have on you. And that it would have upon me. Well, we know later that the eunuch really understood the point. He got the message. Because as the chariot approached some water, he asked, See, here is water. What hinders me from being baptized? And so Philip certainly said that if he did believe, that he may. And of course he confessed that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. He understood the gospel message. Yes, he believed it. Yes, he obeyed it. And yet this is one of many accounts that we can find. Why was the message leading him to be baptized? Well, as we remember what Paul told the Corinthians, the three facts of the gospel, that he died, was buried, and rose again, that is what we must do. We're told in Romans chapter 6 that as Christ died, was buried, and rose again, we too must die to sin, be buried with Christ in baptism, to be raised to walk in a newness of life. That is why the gospel is preached. Because that is how we come in contact with the blood of Christ. To wash away our sins. That is how we have the hope of eternal life. And that is a central message that is preached. Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 2. For I determined not to know anything among you. Except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's what it's all about. That's why you need to know the impact of Christ and his crucifixion. And once you understand that, you understand what he calls you to do, then the ball is in your court. You have the power to obey it. In Galatians chapter 6 and in verse 14, Later, what Paul would tell the church there, But God forbid that I should boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is being crucified to me, to the world. Paul says, As 
Christ was crucified on the cross. And I give my life to him. The world is crucified to me. And I am crucified to the world. That's the message we need to understand. When I choose to follow Christ, sure, I'm giving a lot of things up now. But you know, I'm going to get a lot better things in return. Things that will last forever. But I can only do that if I am obedient to the gospel. And that's why in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 17, Paul said that Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of no effect. Why did Christ not send him to baptize, but to preach the gospel? Well, what good is baptism if one does not know why to be baptized? What good is getting wet without a reason? Does that mean that one does not come in contact with the blood of Christ? Does one understand that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? That's why the gospel is to be preached. And then one may be baptized being obedient to the gospel. And that's what Paul knew his mission was. He told the Thessalonians in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 9, For you remember, brethren, our labor and toil, for laboring night and day, that we might not be a burden to any of you, we preach to you the gospel of God. We simply preached the gospel of God. That's what he sent him to do. And that is what we are commanded to do. Remember after Jesus died, was buried, and rose again, the final instructions that he gave to his apostles before he ascended into heaven, Remember what Jesus said in Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 15. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. He said to go everywhere, preach the gospel to everyone. And if you do that, well then they'll understand that they do need to be baptized in order to be saved. The power is in the gospel. Your job is to go and preach it. Well, we've seen how Philip went preaching. We saw where Paul went preaching. And we could read many different places to hear, to believe, and to be baptized. But that cannot happen unless we do what we are called to do, to go and preach. And Paul made that very clear as he was writing his letter to the Romans in chapter 10. 
In Romans chapter 10, beginning in verse 13, he tells us how it all fits together. In Romans chapter 10 and in verse 13, the Bible says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But, beginning in verse 14, we find specific instructions. How can one call on the name of the Lord in order to be saved? Well, Paul says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? For as it is written, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But in verse 16 he says, But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For as Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report. These words are found in Isaiah chapter 52 and in verse 7. How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Beautiful feet means one is doing a very important job, one that has a place to go and a person to see. One that has a good message to share. The Lord sent Paul. He was sent to allow some to obey. And they could only obey if they were to believe. And they would believe if they would hear. But they can only hear if one is to preach. And so when we think about today... How do I know who to listen to? How do I know who to hear that indeed will preach? Well, we know there are many so-called preachers that we to on the radio, that we can watch on television. Perhaps as we go from one place to another, you can even find a book of places to worship throughout the country and even throughout the world. How do I know which preacher to listen to one that simply preaches the gospel one that simply proclaims the truth Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10 now I plead with you brethren by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. You know, as I go and listen to different ones, do I, I listen to what are they saying? Am I hearing the same truth, the same gospel message that comes from the Word of God? Or do I hear something different? And I need to hear the very same message. But what if someone is saying something different? Remember the Galatians that Paul said they're those that are turning away 
from the gospel to another that is not another but one that is perverted? What did he tell them? Remember verse 8. He says, but even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that we have preached to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. This past week it was very good to sit and listen to many gospel preachers that have been in different areas, perhaps some for a very, very long time. And you know it's even wonderful to hear them all speaking the same thing. Messages that come from the same book, given instructions by the same individual. Yes, it is possible that just as the gospel was first preached beginning on Pentecost and continuing on today, the same message can be preached. Even though individuals may vary, yet the gospel has the same power to save our souls today as it did back then. And so, preachers have a calling to carry on the same message throughout the entire world. There may be many preachers, yet there is one gospel. We must ask ourselves, are we preaching it? And we must also ask ourselves, do we believe it? Have we obeyed it? Are we faithfully living it? And are we sharing it with others? This morning, if you need to respond to that invitation, would you like to be obedient to the gospel? You can do so right here and right now as together we stand and sing.